Welcome, everybody, to the beginning of another week of special Blue Bomber programming here. The first hour of each show this week will be dedicated to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, as yesterday would have been in an alternate universe, the preseason opener between the Blue Bombers and Edmonton Eskimos. But Bob Irving, we are in the darkest timeline, so uh, that is not the case. No, uh, it is not. It's not even close. It's funny. <laughs> I hadn't thought about uh, the preseason game until toward the end of last week, and then it struck me, ooh, gee, May 24th, because when the schedule came out, I looked at it and thought, man, so that's early. early. Yeah, that's yeah. early for a preseason game, but uh, it was supposed to have been played yesterday. The next one would have been June 5th in Regina, and then the season opener June 13th in Hamilton, the Grey Cup rematch, and we're not going to see any of that. And I'm wondering how Andrew Harris feels about all that and how he's dealing with the pandemic. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Uh, fill us in on how you're handling this sort of a redirection of all our lives. Uh, just trying to stay busy, um, you know, just with little things throughout the house. I've been doing a lot of do-it-yourself, uh, home improvement kind of activities at home, and um, so that's been kind of fun and interesting. And um, I got a new dog um, near the end of the last of the, of the season this last year, so um, kind of taking care of... Uh, the training aspect and and uh you know just trying to stay as active as possible you know it's kind of kind of tough at the moment but um you know stay motivated and active as, as best as i can now you but, say uh, you're, <laughs> sorry i was going to say you're doing you're doing jobs around the house are you handy um i'm not the best handyman but um i i'm one of those people who tries to tries to figure it out without instructions and, and help and then uh and then end up having to resorting to either doing it doing it over or 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 going back and following instructions, but <laughs> I, uh, I, it, I like anything, right? The more experience you get with it, the better you get at it, but uh, it's definitely enjoyable for sure. So you're keeping busy and you're not uh, kind of in a state of depression over what would have been this season where the Bombers go out to defend their title and everybody's fired up and all the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously it would be nice to uh, to be, be on the field with the guys right now and, and playing ball and you know going through training camp and Training camp definitely has that that love hate kind of feel. You know, you you kind of dread those the dog days when you know it's uh, super hot outside. You're you know you're on your third two day or whatever whatever it is. The body's sore, but uh, you know there's there's always the bright side of it is you know getting your new new teammates and and being along with the ones that you kind of you know you know gone through war with and and uh, and, and especially too after a championship year it'd have been nice to be on the field with everyone and kind of kind of get to see everyone again. But uh, you know we're at where we're at right now and. Uh, you know, we just got to take it as it comes. You're a bit of a gym rat, I know, Andrew. Are you able to work out? Yeah, we, I, have a, I have a gym in my basement, so uh, I've been getting some work down there. And uh, but honestly, my, my, the dog, like I said, is uh, he's he's put on he's he's almost 80 pounds now, so he likes he's got he's got lots of uh, energy. So running with him and, and going on walks is, uh, is is probably been the biggest contributor to what I'm doing now. So, um, but yeah, as much as I can, get in the gym in the basement and. And, uh, and doing some things in the backyard as well. So, yeah, Christian, you mentioned there's a love-hate relationship with training camp, and last week would have been one of the hotter training camps I think that most players would have ever gone through. How much are you able to still keep in touch with your teammates? We saw the virtual huddle that the Blue Bombers did, uh, talking about the Grey Cup with you and some of your offensive linemen. But how often are you talking to teammates and coaches through this? Well, we were kind of uh, doing a little bit in the beginning with the coaches, and then once everything kind of fell off, um, I guess everyone's kind of waiting to see what's going to what's going to happen now. But uh, as far as the teammates, you know, we we I talked to quite quite a few guys here and there. Um, 
you know, obviously Dembski's in, uh, in Winnipeg as well here too. So we've actually taken our dogs to the park a couple of times, and so you're still you're still in uh, you're still in conversation with a lot of guys, and um, you know, everyone's kind of just seeing everyone's doing, keeping tabs, making sure that everyone's uh, doing well throughout that, with as far as their their families. And um, but yeah, it's it's been great to kind of. Uh, I mean, now now it's so great to, to to be able to communicate with people through FaceTime and, and Skype and Zoom and all these things. So, um, you know, communications are, are great that way. Do you think there's going to be a season, Andrew? I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic for it. And uh, like I said, we'll just we'll just see how it plays out. And would you would nine games be okay? Eight games, nine games? Yeah, that'd, that'd definitely be a different dynamic for sure. I mean, I gotta think. I haven't had a, a game a season that short since high school. Um, but I mean, again, it's uh, everyone. Everyone throughout the um, you know the world is adapting to this whole thing, and um, you know it's going to be something that everyone has to deal with. But uh, it, it would definitely be a weird season that way. But I, I think you know, again, um, you know, as long as we get an opportunity to get back on the field and and uh, one for the fans and, and for the community, and but for the guys too. I mean, it'd be it'd be great to get out there and and play a game again. Yeah, and they're talking hub cities. Now this, who knows if it'll, you know, wind up this way, but hub cities, Winnipeg, Regina, all the games there. Can can you see that working? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, I mean, obviously you have, you have to bring everyone to these, these places and, and have, them, have them kind of central, but, you know, I think, you know, you want to you want to talk about uh, you know two two places where there's limited things to do um, as well. So you know, I help guys kind of stay stay in quarantine, um, you know, stay stay in the rooms, and um, I think from that aspect it'd be good. And um, but I mean, uh, whatever whatever um, you know, they 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 see fit as best. And um, you know, we got some great people, you know, at the forefront with all this. And um, you know, I, I think that uh, no matter how, whatever the decision is, I think it'll be uh, for the best. And, you know, there's a lot of other leagues that are going through these, these kind of decisions as well. So, um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of things that are, that'll, you'll see, I think that'll kind of overlap with different leagues. And, you know, so, you know, the, the, that means there'd be a lot of thought and put put into it. So, okay. um, we'll, we'll guess we'll just see how it plays out. Back with the Bomber Hour, Christian O'Mel, Bob Irving, and Winnipeg Blue Bomber running back, Andrew Harris. Andrew, when was the last time you physically held a football? Um, probably about, uh, two, three days ago. Yeah, I, I had some buddies over for, uh, some pizza. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we were in the backyard on the ball around. So, that was the last time. Felt good. Felt really good. How many times, after you won the Great Cup, uh, Andrew, how many times did you, you actually have the cup to show off and, uh, pass around? Um, uh, I had a few times, actually. I mean, it's nice and lucky being here. In Winnipeg, but uh, it, it wasn't easy to get. That's for sure. That, uh, it was it was busy. There was lots of events that the cup was kind of getting floated around at, and lots of uh, you know uh, you know a lot of corporate events and stuff. So for me, I I, I chose wisely and uh, and was able to get it um, a few times. But I, I would say probably about four times I had it on separate separate occasions, and I was able to share with my friends, family, and and uh, anyone else who was around at the time. So I was uh, that was nice. And being a Winnipeg native, you knew it would be a big deal if you guys ever ended that Grey Cup drought. Uh, was the reaction of the public even more than you thought it would be in those late days of November and early December? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest the biggest thing that blew me away again was uh, was was the parade, and uh, you know just how exciting that was. And uh, I mean, even even now going forward, and you know, people are still. And one now is saying, asking when the season may, you know, the season going to start and all that stuff, but mainly just saying how exciting it was to to be a part of that. 
and you know every everyone's different moments that they had whether it's you know whether they're watching the game uh, at home with their friends and family or if they're down at Portage in Maine or if they're at the parade or um if they if they've been around the cup and got a chance to take a picture with it and stuff and I mean, there's 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 been so many different people in in different walks of uh, in my life in different areas of my life that um, you know it, it was definitely important to and um, again it's uh, an accumulation of just you know all, all the emotions of and, and all the hard work of you know when you come into an organization that's that's your hometown you know and you have a have a goal and and to be able to be a big contributor you know throughout those years and obviously in the game it's uh, it was definitely special and um, you know as exciting as it is for for you know longtime bomber fans who you know, have had generations of going to games and, you know, and even the amount of people now that have said to me, you know, we, oh yeah, we're, we want to re-up or we want to get season tickets now, you know, after not having for a while or, or for the first time, you know, it's definitely created a, a buzz and excitement for, for football in, in Winnipeg and, and in Manitoba. And, and that's, that's, that's great to be part of. Christian. How different was your time with the cup this time around compared to when you won it in BC a number of years ago? Well, when I wanted to BC, um, I only had it once, and uh, which was which was great because I ended up bringing it over to Nanaimo where I played junior football um, on, on Vancouver Island. So it was, I was able to share it with you know my junior program and um, you know a lot of the coaches and and the community that kind of got me to to, the, to be to get to the point with uh, with, with BC. But uh, I mean night and day, I think. Um, I think that leading up to the whole game and, and the season, everything kind of went a lot faster back then because, uh, it, you know, I was still learning things and, and becoming a starter. And more um, this this year, um, you know, you, you envision it more. You're, you're, you're kind of expecting to do certain things. And, um, you know, although there was, you know, you know different hiccups throughout the season, um, you know, this one was just a, a definitely a, a, a more of a roller coaster for me in, in a lot of ways, but um, definitely something that I envisioned and, and and you know had my eyes on the prize so to speak. Um, so you know when I when when we did it, we we're able to finish it off and 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 complete you know what what we set out to do. It, it was definitely a lot more special to me and definitely something that I'm going to remember you know uh, for the rest of my life. Andrew, your Hall of Fame credentials are secure. You're the all-time leading rusher, Canadian rusher in the league, over nine thousand yards. You know another good year, and you're at ten. Uh, you've won a couple of great cups. You've won all sorts of awards. What's left for you in the game? Um, I, I think just uh, you know, for me, just just continuing to to play at a high level. Um, you know, I I, I, I kind of find myself now in this zone where I know what I need to do. Um, you know, in the off season, throughout the throughout the season, you know, to kind of play at a to play at a certain level. I think in your early years, you know, your first couple, you're you're trying to figure it out. You know, and there's there's different hiccups and and uh, you know there's different challenges that come along with that. But I I finally feel you know at this stage of my career, you know, and as much as people want to talk about my age and how older how much older I'm getting, um, that I know what I need to do and, and how to get it done in, in a certain way. And and that's kind of a nice thing to have once you you know in any career you get really comfortable and you know you, you, you they say you know to be an expert in anything you need 10 years and then you know I've kind of uh, you know passed that 10 year mark now and. I could kind of kind of feel like I could say I'm an extra at being a professional ball player, and and that kind of feels good to say. And I mean, I would just continue to to build on my career, my my legacy, and 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 the things that I've done. And um, you know, again, just uh, I really feel that we have an opportunity to to to, to be champions again um, with this team we have. And you know, that'd be another nice thing to to kind of put on the resume. Well, let's hope there's a season. It would really be a shame if there was no football this year, wouldn't it? After all the tremendous momentum you guys built up last year. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I, I'm optimistic about it, and uh, you know, I think I think how we're dealing with everything, you know, throughout throughout the throughout Canada, and and you know, I think we're doing we're in the right direction and going to the right places. So, um, you know, I'm just being very optimistic about that. So, hopefully, hopefully, we can. Andrew, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. You guys take care. Okay, Andrew Harris of the Blue Bombers. Welcome back to the Bomber Hour. The first time I ever was on a plane in my life, it was 2002, and we flew to Moncton, New Brunswick. My dad, my sister, and I rented a car and drove around PEI for a few days. That's the first and only time I've been to New Brunswick. Bob, when was the last time you were there? You know what? I covered a briar in Moncton, New Brunswick. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the year. Somewhere around 1980. It's a long, long time ago, but we we had eight or nine days in Moncton, and it was fantastic. Uh, the people there like to have a good time. Oh, so yeah. We're going to take you to New Brunswick right now. Bo- a bomber fullback and special teams ace Mike Miller joins us. Riverview, New Brunswick. Mike, is that where you are? That's where I am, yes. How are you guys doing? Good. Are you close to Jake Thomas? Yeah, we're about an hour and a half apart from each other. You guys see each other in the off season? We usually do. We haven't seen as much of each other. I was up there for his uh, curling charity event uh, back in uh, in February. So, yeah, yeah that's the last time I've seen him. How is the? Uh, we all know the football season's been delayed and postponed. How how are you dealing with all this stuff, Mike? Uh, they're starting to loosen up some of the restrictions here in New Brunswick, so it's a little bit better. We're able to see some more family and friends. So. Uh, definitely doing better with that, being able to see some people and uh, kind of getting out of the, getting out of the house. And the fact that the football season isn't going to start and might not even be played at all. Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, that's just the way it is right now. It's unfortunate, and I mean definitely missing being in camp with the fellows right now. Christian, the touchdown Atlantic game. It's certainly something that people out east really enjoy. It was supposed to be in Halifax this year, as they are waiting to perhaps have a team somewhere in the future. That got canceled as part of the potentially shortened or wiped out season. How much of a bummer is that to the East Coast to not get a game this year? Yeah, no, I imagine people are pretty disappointed about it. Um, I know there was a lot of hype around it, and they sold uh, sold out fairly quick. So um, I guarantee there's probably some disappointed people, but, I mean, it's just the, the times we're living in right now. Did you get to take the Grey Cup home with you? No, we didn't get the chance. It no, right around the time. No, right around the time the pandemic happened. So it was uh, just, yeah, just another thing. What was the reaction, Mike, of uh, people there when they realized that you were part of the Grey Cup championship team? Was it uh, was it a pretty big deal in your area? Yeah, there's a lot of excitement for you know the people that follow me and yeah. uh, family and friends. You know, definitely a lot, a lot of proud, proud people. For sure. Take us back to to the game and, you know, the playoff games leading up to that. I mean, what a run it was for the team. It was remarkable how well the, the squad played. You forced all those turnovers. And uh, is that something you'll you'll never, ever forget? And what made it so special? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it was definitely a heck of a run. I mean, to be on the road the whole time in the playoffs and, and uh, to play at the level we were playing at and just we were just clicking and uh, – I mean, it was so special, but it was just the the way that the guys bought in all year and knew what we were all about, and um, it just was like that that group of guys in the locker room. I mean, that's what makes it so special, and seeing those uh, the guys, you know, celebrate when we win, and you know, being able to see Jake 
Jake hold the great cup. That was, that was pretty special. Yeah, I know that uh, that was very important to Mike O'Shea that he do that. Some of the guys we've talked to in the last week have said that that final regular season win over Calgary, uh, when Zach Kolaris made his debut and Darvin made that incredible catch, really ignited a spark. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely, uh, you know, gave us, I think, some energy heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Christian, any more here for Mike? Well, Mike, just last question. We asked this of everybody that comes on the show, but what are you able to do training-wise when you're stuck at home? Uh, I got some, you know, a good amount of weights down in the basement, so I'm just uh, doing what I can with those and trying to stay in shape and, you know, finding hills and stuff to run on and, and just doing some, some different things I'm usually doing, but making sure that I'm, you know, staying active and keeping my cardio up and getting ready for whenever, you know, whatever that time will be. Is the waiting kind of agonizing, or have you been around long enough that you just take things in stride? I mean, I, t- I take it in stride. I mean, obviously, it was kind of like a, a wake-up call that, or, I mean, kind of a somber day yesterday, knowing that we were supposed to potentially be playing in a, you know, a preseason game. But, uh, yeah, no, just taking it in stride and just trying to be ready for, you know, whenever that comes. Sure. Hey, Mike, uh, thanks for doing What's the weather like in New Brunswick? Nice. It's been beautiful lately. Lots of sun and some heat, so the summer's upon us. Do you guys have any mosquitoes down there? We do, yeah, definitely, in certain areas. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you always want kind of a cool, cool breeze with the sun, so keep them away. All right. Now, we're considered the mosquito capital of the world. I'm glad to hear others are plagued by them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're as bad, but we definitely got <laughs> black flies, too. All right. Oh, yeah, we got those, too. Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Right. Hope Cheers. to see you this year sometime. Bob, did you uh, watch the match yesterday, the Phil Mickelson-Tiger Woods quarterback battle? You know, I watched the first hour and a half, and then I kind of lost interest. Uh, I got a kick out of some of the things Peyton Manning said. Boy, Tom Brady was having a hard time getting a a ball in play. And I think the weather kind of spoiled it a bit for me because it's tough to play in those conditions, uh, and and it took some of the shine off it. But, yeah, I watched it for about an hour and a half. What about you, the whole thing? yeah, well, of course I did. I taped it, so I watched okay. it after. I skipped through the commercials, but yeah. yeah, I thought it was very entertaining. I thought the the you know the, the back nine it got a lot more interesting because it was alternate shot as opposed right. to oh let's watch the quarterback suck and then Tom or and then Tiger and Phil actually make their shots. The alternate shot was actually pretty interesting, but I, I should have stayed with it. Yeah, yeah, it's you know what you, it's fine. You it was cool because there's nothing else happening. Right, but I think even on its own, even if there were sports right now, it would have been. A cool thing to watch. But, yeah. yes, we are stuck in this spot right now, Bob, where there are no sports really to watch except for the odd thing, and hopefully someday we'll get football, right? Well, hopefully we will. We uh, we were able to see Adam Big Hill on the weekend doing something quite unique. And uh, Lucky Whitehead of the Bombers, last week we had on the air talking about pulling a semi-truck. Adam took this to a kind of a different level, and Adam Big Hill of the Bombers is with us now on the Blue Bomber Hour on the CGOE Sports Show. Adam, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, happy to do it. Uh, tell us about this, uh, this I won't say stunt, but this uh, thing you did on the weekend, pulling the, the gravel truck and the equipment and all the rest. How did this come about? Well, you know, I mean, I, I uh, use sled training a lot um, to, to build up my abilities here in the off season and no gym, no sled. I had to start, you know, using the truck, which is old school, which I've, you know, had to do in the past and stuff like that. And so I got back into pushing truck and, and, um, I saw lucky, you know, pulled, pulled the seven. So I figured, you know what, let me see how I can level it up a bit. And 
challenge myself a little bit more because, you know, it was uh, super impressive what Lucky was doing. So, you know, I didn't know what I was capable of, but I just, you know, called some friends that I know in Rosenort that uh, got some of the heaviest equipment around and um, see if they could challenge me. So, you know, it's kind of how it started. Now, did you have a set weight do you wanted to pull when you started, or how, how did you get to that point? Well, I, we we just kind of took what we had laying around and, and, and made a challenge of it. I had no idea how much I was going to pull or, or what was even possible. Um, you know, I started by pulling the truck, and that was a bit easy, so we loaded on the uh, little mini excavator there, and, you know, I was able to do that several times. Um, and, you know, we loaded up that uh, that extra piece of equipment there at the end uh, to cop it off, so... Um, you know, it was, it was fun to challenge myself and see what I could do. Could you apply any of your football techniques to pulling a truck? <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, um, a lot of athleticism comes down to power production and strength production. So um, if you have the ability to move something heavy um, for a good distance with endurance, uh, chances are you're going to have, you know, some pretty good power output when it comes to, to moving on the ground. And, and trying to be fast and be explosive. So um, there are some correlations there. And, and, and being able to pull a truck doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good football player or a good athlete. Um, you know, so those don't necessarily correlate. Um, you know, but for me, um, something fun to do and, 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 and test myself on training. And, um, you know, like uh, I, I think a lot of people enjoyed seeing it. No question. It's getting lots of attention. Christian? Is this something where your neighbors are like, oh, there goes Adam pulling the trucks again? <laughs> yeah, I had a bit of a crowd. And, uh, you know, when I'm out in front of my house pushing a truck, uh, you know, my neighbors are now the weather's nice. They're usually out sitting on their little uh, back porch drinking coffee, watching me. And, yeah, it's not uh, unusual to be stared at. I think, Adam, one of the challenges for athletes when they don't have the usual – kind of training regimen is to to find a way to stay in the kind of shape you guys have to stay in to be at the level you play at. Has that been a challenge for you, or have you been able to keep your conditioning where you like it? You know, honestly, I mean, it's it's not ideal by any means to be able to have to train without the, the likes of a professional um gym but i mean it's still doable i mean you gotta find ways to adapt and um you know i've been implementing a lot more running and and uh you think about it bob like the the game isn't played in the weight room uh the game's played on the field and so um getting out on the field and running is is some of the best things you could be doing anyway so uh the, the, the the gym is a tool and you use it to help help you obviously but um you know there's a lot of things you can do outside of that to, to help yourself and and uh, i've just really been taking my body weight training up to another level and you know you know hanging different weights off me while i'm doing pull-ups or dips and you know extra range motion push-ups doing nordic hamstring curl i mean do all the stuff that you can do and make trying to make it as tough as i can mentally have you been able to keep your spirits up yeah, that's kind of like, you know, the tougher part. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, sad. We're supposed to already play the game by now. And, um, you know, in the offseason, you're preparing, you know, for these moments to be in training camp with your teammates and to be ready to play. And, um, you know, it's frustrating not to be able to be uh, out there right now. I mean, it's doing what we love to do. So, um, you know, but with that being said, we're just going to take it day by day and, you know, it's going to save. You think we're going to get a season? I mean, I'm I'm optimistic that we will, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things that remain to be seen, and we got to sort a lot of things out, and it all comes down to the health and safety of everybody. So, um, you know, what 
you know, the officials and, and the government figure out that it's best for everybody. That's what we're going to roll with. Christian, one more for Adam. Adam, how's your son Bo doing? Bo's doing really good. Thanks for asking. Um, he's still scheduled to have a surgery next month um, for his second surgery to close his palate. So, um, you know, we're hoping that we don't get delayed on that. All is good there. So, yeah, remaining to be seen, but he's doing really well. Well, Adam, we're uh, we're hoping we get to see you on a football field again this year because, boy, I've thought often about this, and I know the players we've talked to feel the same way. Coming off the championship season with kind of a a pat hand in terms of the strength of your team, you guys were you were raring to go and and do it again this year, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we feel very very strong about our roster and, and the guys we have in the locker room and and everything of that nature. So, um, you know, we're, we're ready to go out there and do it again. And we're hoping we still have the opportunity. And, um, you know, I mean, when, when we're allowed to get back out there, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get back to business as as usual. Sure. Adam, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Pleasure. Thanks for talking to you guys. Good stuff. Welcome back to the CGOB sports show. Bomber hour from 7 to 8 all this week. And then next week, it's back to two hours, and Bob's going to leave me alone to do it by myself. Well, yeah, but you know what, Christian? If uh, if you need me to come on occasionally to join you to talk about whatever's going on, I'm happy to do it. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I would <laughs> <laughs> I would normally be in the middle of, a, or at least the start of a football season and ready to rock and roll. So I'm available and Available now to us is Rob Van Stone, the fine columnist of the Regina Leader Post. How many years, Rob, now have you been writing that great column in the Leader Post? Well, I've been at the Leader Post since 1986, May 12th to be exact, and I've been writing columns since August of 96. So not not even close to Bob Bob Irving type longevity, but I'm still proud of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a long run in our business uh, and at one newspaper. That's uh, pretty remarkable, Rob, as you and I both know. Okay, let's uh, let's start off with the fact that Saskatchewan will not have a chance to stage what would no doubt have been a great, great cup celebration. When did that uh, possibility start creeping in? There were, there was some talk in the weeks leading up to it. Um, some of it informed speculation, and other in other cases, I just think it was common sense that if you're going to have a great cup in in Regina and you want to do it right, the the conditions aren't optimal this year to do it right. It was going to be a diminished uh, festival if you could even have a great cup festival. They wanted to have all the great cup functions on the Evraz Place complex, which is where Mosaic Stadium is housed, and so you'd have everything sort of hermetically sealed, but good luck doing that in the midst of a pandemic uh good luck doing anything in the midst of a pandemic i like the solution they've arrived at i think it was a logical thing to do there's no such thing as a perfect solution these days i think it's just a matter of how close can you get to something that's acceptable yeah how big a financial setback would it be to the organizers because i'm guessing they would have already spent quite a bit of money yeah i think they spent about five hundred thousand dollars but okay to hear Craig Reynolds, the Riders President and CEO, explain it, that's money that can be put toward the plans for the 2022 Great Cup. There's the short-term economic impact that the city of Regina wouldn't be getting in, in 2020. They, they they estimate that's about $100 million. But again, that's a deferred windfall. Uh, presuming that things are normal again in 2022, who knows anymore? 
Yeah. How, uh, tell us how the pandemic is uh, being dealt with in Regina, similar here to Winnipeg? Yeah, if you look at a lot of the, the numbers emanating from Manitoba and Saskatchewan, they're pretty much the same. Uh, you know, it's relatively similar populations. You look at the province as a whole, and, and I think similar philosophies as far as the, the provincial governments. So um, when you look around the country or you look in the United States and you see the things that are happening there and you compare it to Manitoba and Saskatchewan, uh, I think I feel pretty lucky to be in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada right now. And, uh, and I think you're pretty well situated as well. Yeah, we do feel the same way. Christian? Yeah, absolutely. Now, we saw reports late last week of a possible hub city plan. It's being met, I think, with a decent amount of skepticism, but it had Regina and Winnipeg as the two cities where games could be had and teams held. What do you think of those ideas? Uh, again, I, I like it. I think it's unrealistic to think that there's some areas of the country where you could even play games this year, considering the, the prevalence of COVID-19. COVID uh, I guess it goes back to the previous question where where uh, Regina and Winnipeg, Saskatchewan and Manitoba aren't quite as, as, as bad off. So those seem to be logical places to do it. Plus, you're talking about areas where football is very, very important. And you're talking about the feverish, fervent Saskatchewan fan base. And you're talking about the defending uh, Great Cup champions and a team that did so well financially on, on its 2019 operations. So, and with new stadiums in both cases, or relatively new stadiums. So uh, that would seem to make the most sense. Uh, again, who would have dreamed of this even three months ago? But if they're going to make a go of it, it sounds like this is a god they're going to do it. It's just a matter of whether, even if they can make the logistics work, uh, can they make the finances work? Yeah, I'm having a hard time getting my head around that whole Hub City thing. And look, I, I understand it's it, it might be the only way to do it if there are going to be games this year. And it's just, and it's, hey, this pandemic has thrown everything off, so we have to adapt, we have to adjust, we have to accept whatever is out there. But uh, I can't, I'm trying to put my head around how this might work, and it just seems really challenging to me. But it'd be better than nothing, I guess, Rob, eh? Yeah, and at this point, Bob, I'll take I'll take half a, half a slice of pie as opposed yeah. to a, a full slice that I'm accustomed to it. Uh, especially living here and, and uh, you know, having followed football all my life, all my life, having listened to Bob Irving since 1974, is it now? <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> uh, you know, I just, uh, I want that uh, degree of normalcy. Um, you know, I, there's something really just, there's so, something so comfortable, comfortable about it. And it's pretty much all I've known. And that's, that's irrespective of what I do for a living. Cause if I wasn't doing this for a living, I'd be going to the games anyway. I'd season tickets long before. Um, the uh, I started writing about this team. So I just want to see something. And I think the same applies to my beloved Winnipeg Jets. And thank goodness they're 24 teams into the playoffs because now no, they'll get in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, they will. Rob Vanstone of the Leader Post with us. Stick around. Rob, we'll come back and talk more on the Blue Bomber Hour on the Sports Show on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the Bomber Hour. Christian O'Mell. And then there's Bob Irving, who is from Regina. People know that, right? That's not a secret. Yeah, most people know that, yeah. Okay. People I'm, hold I'm, that against you? No, well, <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, some of the fans have over the years, but that's okay. I'm proud of my heritage. I grew up in Regina, went to Balfour Tech. The Balfour Tech Redmen, are they still the Redmen, Rob Vanstone? They're the Balfour Bears now. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. I they, didn't know that. 
Yeah, when uh, they decided to make their nickname politically correct. Yes, I okay. Suppose, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and that was about probably about six or seven years ago. I still fall into the trap when I'm typing in Balfour. I always type an R and then have to backspace and start with a B. All right. Cousin Bob. <laughs> Balfour Tech, I was there until I was 18 or 19 years old. I worked in Estevan for a couple of years, then Brandon and on to CJOB in Winnipeg. And I had a chance to do the Bomber games, and it's been the best thing that ever happened to me. Rob, uh, over the years... You and I have both heard all sorts of rumors about the future of the Canadian Football League, and they're in trouble, and my, you know, we don't know how they're going to survive, and some of that talk going on now because of the pandemic and the fact that the league, based on what Randy Ambrosi said, could lose a ton of money this year. Uh, is Armageddon around the corner or not? I don't think so. I think what we, the, the, what we might end up with is a, is a CFL with a really restructured financial model Maybe the money in, the, in terms of gate revenues and concessions and sponsorships, et cetera, isn't going to be there like it, it was before because a lot of the sponsors, a lot of the fans are taking hits and maybe, maybe they have to scale down a bit. I don't think it'll disappear. Um, I mean, it, you never know who, who would have envisioned any of this, and we still don't really know what the consequences might be because there's no, there's no end date. But uh, I still think that that um, from this, there will emerge a Canadian football league. They might, Randy Ambrosi is talking a lot about having to redo the business model. I think it's just a matter of how drastically they have to do it to make it work. But I remember the 96 Grey Cup in Hamilton. That's actually where I met you for the first time, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, remember what a death watch that was for the Canadian football league the entire week? Yes. It seemed more dire then because there just didn't seem to be any foundation for staying alive much longer. No, I remember that very well, and yet that game was one of the one of the great advertisements for the Canadian game and why it's such a, a tremendous show. Uh, and, of course, the league survived, and I think it will survive. I don't doubt that for a minute. But the pandemic is just something that none of us could have foreseen, and it's, it's just created upheaval in every way of our lives. And you're right. One of the things they talk about, uh, a new business model, if you're going to have a new business model, quote-unquote, uh, and lower your costs, that's going to come back at the feet of the players. And there's a conversation I wouldn't want to have if I was Randy Ambrosi. Sorry, guys, we got to lower the salary cap. Especially when you're talking about Randy Ambrosi and how many times he has said that, that he is an ex-player and he's, he's in a, he wants to be partners with the players, he wants to be inclusive. That, that is, he's always portrayed the, the players as his constituency. Yeah. And his, his his colleagues in a way, and 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 that's going to be a tough sell. And I think the league is going to have to do some things to show that it's not all being put on the backs of the players if they're going to cut costs in terms of the salary cap. Um, what about the coaching staffs? Can those can those be reduced from eleven? What about how much your president CEOs making? Can that be reduced? How mm-hmm. much your general managers making, etc.? What about uh, other you know other things? That, that aren't applicable to the football operations cap or the players cap. If there's a commensurate reduction in expenses administratively compared to in terms of player personnel and, and, and player costs, then maybe, but I think the, I think the league's going to have to do some restructuring of, of the non-capped expenses first for there even to be the impetus for negotiations with the players. Yeah, for sure. Well, the future is going to be most intriguing in that regard and many others. Rob, thanks for doing this tonight. We greatly appreciate it. I'm hoping against hope that on Labor Day weekend, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be out there to play a game against the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Wouldn't that be great? 
That would be so cool. It would be like throwback to the early 50s when they're beginning the season around Labor Day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would love to see it, and I would love to see you then, and hopefully the Jets are Stanley Cup champions by then. Well, yeah, we'll see. they they got a pretty good club, you as you well know. Rob Van Stone of the Leader Post in Regina. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Rob. Oh, thank you so much, Bob. Thanks, Christian. Have a great night. Take yeah. care.